0: Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal, and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening
1: to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Hi. Did you have fun at (sighs) Mid-South?
2: It was a party. That's for sure. Lots and lots of people there. I know. I was a little jealous watching the party happen. I think everybody is. I know. know, When you don't, when you don't go or you can't go, there's always FOMO with some of these big events. So,
1: but you, you were thinking of not going and then I saw your son raised.
2: Yeah, that's, I, I, mostly went cause um, Mason raced and so did Michelle Duffy and you, I'm, you know, venturing coaching and both of those are two athletes I'm coaching. So, um, I went and good coach. what you're a good coach. I was a good coach. I was uh, very proud of my athletes. They did a great job. So it was Man, fun. That women's race was great. Did you get
1: to follow any it of the women's insane. race? It was insane. That just one. What was the woman's name that was leading for quite a while? So, so she's um, in the Grand Prix. She's a uh, uh, Sylvia, Sylvina, Sylvina, Sylvina. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's leading, and I don't. Then mm-hmm. Lauren caught back up to her, and then Lauren,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Lauren made the, a move for the men's she made top group. she made it to the men's top group and stayed with them for a couple of miles, I think, or she was just a mile and a half behind them. She was
2: really close. She didn't, I don't think she group. caught them, but she was very she was very damn close. I know she was at least she got within a mile and a half of the men's group um so i mean it was i mean she's just head down and she went um. she had won
1: southern cross the weekend before which is a really hard race in georgia and probably not necessarily her like her type of uh, well right. i don't know i think it's got some technical stuff in it so uh it was just fun to watch and Mo up there in the battle too it was just, yeah. it was fun to watch the women and the woman that was covering the women, she was so excited. It was yep. fun
2: to watch her. All of it. It was all just, it was all good. Yeah. It's all good. Which, you know, I love. Um, it was, I mean, it was, it was, it's just such a big like kickoff to the gravel season, you know? I mean, it's like, here we go. Um, and the energy level was just, you know, cause Mid-South didn't happen last year. And we, the weather looked like it was just gonna be crap. Um, the re- the weather for the runners was pretty was pretty rough for sure. It, it all, I mean, it all worked. It all came together and was just like kind of how it's supposed to be, you know? Um, and again, like we talked with our guests today with Rome, with Ash and Andy Zoltan, um, the diversity piece is just gravel cycling is just leading the charge. Yeah. Off-road cycling, I guess I should say, is just literally leading the charge. Like in the industry, we're gonna do it, like it or not. You know, so it's, you can feel it, you can see it, you can taste it, it's all over. And it's it's just, I hope we just keep the momentum going on all of it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh well, it was really fun to watch and just fun. I mean, I like watching the front of the pack. I think it's really fun to see the feats that women do, but just also seeing so many people just having fun out on their bike for the day and being in community. And you know, it's been a we we were a little touch and go with like what's gonna happen with the all the COVID stuff again over the winter, I feel like. So that felt like a breath of fresh air of
2: yeah, we can get back out and have fun. I thought that for maybe two seconds. And I'm like, I don't think. I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to go back in the cave. You know, I felt like the vaccines are out. The variants are getting yeah. weaker and, you know, I'm a doctor, so.
1: Yeah, you are. You are a doctor. I heard you learned a lot from Facebook.
2: <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> Facebook doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook doctor. But yeah, anyway, it was awesome. And, um, and, and then we get to have Ash and Andy on Today and they're awesome. Um, yeah, it's all, amazing it's thing in Rome. Yeah, the Rome,
1: the Rome Fest, and they're going to be in Bentonville with us. I'm yeah. so excited. We're going to get to. We're going to get like sneak a peek of Ash and mountain bike gravel smushed together. Yep, it's and like you're going to lead all of our off road trails. It's a yeah. groups. <laughs> so Celine's a coming. Just kidding. everybody's
2: everybody's asking for refunds now. <laughs> Well,
1: this is a long one. So, we're going to get on to our interview with Ash and Andy Zoltan.
2: Zoltan. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Ash and Andy Zoltan. Yeah. Y'all are really going to enjoy this one. Awesome.
3: Hey, Feisties. As you may know, the Feisty Women's Performance Summit is back for year two. The virtual summit, which will be March 25th to 27th, 2022, will host 20, there's a lot of 20s, 20 vetted experts who will help you learn how to get the best out of your body throughout your lifetime. This year's main stage speakers include the world's premier sports scientist focusing on female physiology, Dr. Stacey Sims, the first woman to win the Trans Am bike race outright and beat the boys, I might add, Lael Wilcox, the incredible four-time obstacle course racing world champion, Amelia Boone, the author of Running While Black, Alison Mariella Desir, and the first woman and first African American to hold so many positions of leadership in the US Air Force, we cannot keep track, Colonel Yvonne Spencer. And the breakout sessions are where we will take a deep dive into specific topics, like how to build a progressive strength program, how to talk to girls about food, why perfectionism is the culprit to your exhaustion, supplements, movement efficiency, diet culture, and more. So grab your ticket by heading on over to womensperformance.com. The all access pass will give you access to the live event on the weekend of March 25th to 27th, but also you get access to the replays all year long, which I know is super important to busy, active women. So head on over to womensperformance.com and hope to see you there.
1: When you're out on your adventures, it's important to take care of your skin, both the parts exposed to the sun and the parts that are not. That's why we're excited that Zelios is joining the gravel community as a sponsor. Zelios uses quality ingredients that athletes love. Every gravel adventurer needs to protect her skin from the sun and sun barrier, a clear drying zinc sunscreen is a great way to do it. And of course, we all want to focus on miles, not our chamois. With Betwixt, Zelios All Natural Chamois Cream. You can do just that. This vegan product uses organic aloe vera as well as almond and coconut oils, and doesn't use any of the bad stuff. No fragrances, petroleum, or paraben. Head over to TeamZelios.com and get 20% off your order with the code Girls Gone That's TeamZelios.com for 20% off with the code Girls Gone
2: Here we go. Ooh. We're going. <laughs> uh, I feel like I haven't seen you in like three or four years, Catherine.
1: It's I been know. A couple of weeks. I know. Now I can't remember how to hit the record
2: button because we missed the podcast last week. Wait, you're going to use that as the excuse as to why you can't remember where the record <laughs> button is. <laughs> come on girlfriend well, People don't listen, she's tired give her a break
4: <laughs>
1: I'm
2: embarrassing her <laughs> she's
1: it's the norm it's the norm okay we we have a couple with us today yes I think last time we had a couple I tried to get them to get engaged on the podcast but this couple is married <laughs> so, been there done that <laughs> So we have Ash and Andy Zoltan. Did I say that right? You just told me how to say it. Zoltan. Yeah. Zoltanator right here. There she is. I'm pointing at Andy, by the way. (laughs) The original Zoltan. I love it. Okay. So we are super excited to have you all because you all are the founders of Rome Fest. Yeah. And many other things. So uh, we got a lot that we want to get into today. I might be looking for some advice on a little festival that we have coming up.
0: Yeah. and if you
1: switch we're all going to be in Bentonville together it's going to be so exciting but before we get into your festivals and all that fun stuff why don't you give us like who were Ash and Andy how did you get into cycling and how did you get into each other
4: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was actually love at first Mike. um so for the record uh this is Ash Zoltan and this is the sound of my voice <laughs> this is
5: Andy Zoltan this is my voice <laughs>
4: I hope they're different enough. Yeah. my goodness, I tend to
5: mumble a little more so if you can't understand what the person's saying it's me you do actually hey. you all sound kind of alike though like, I know that's why we <laughs>
4: try to do this that's so why I uh, mumble <laughs> yeah um well we I guess like origin Zoltan's story we love it first bike we met at a bike race the sturdy dirty enduro we had a, a really long-standing debate Uh, for years about what year we met. I was convinced it was 2015. Andy was convinced it was 2016. Lee Donovan settled it for us um, (laughs) and it was actually 2016. Um, She was there too. Yeah she went back into her Instagram and saw a photo with us all together and that's how we knew (laughs)
0: because I was like I just remember
4: Lee Donovan being there. (laughs) Yeah and shortly after I met Andy for the first time I started this little fledgling company called Rome Events and It was a company that started um, kind of on accident. I was working for a bike company that was doing traditional demo events. And with my history and background in event management and adventure tourism, I just thought like there might be a a better way to do bike demos and put on events for women that uh, were a little bit more fun focused and not really, A, as boring as a parking lot demo, which happens sometimes. if anybody's been in the demo scene and didn't have kind of the stress that some of us experience when trying to create community and be a part of community at bike races or at clinics. And so our kind of shtick is that we just put on bike parties. So take away, you know, if anybody's a head case, like I am (laughs) and racing is not your thing and you get totally uh, nutso at clinics because you're just you're trying too hard. Rome events is definitely the place for you. Yeah. And Andy came on board pretty quickly.
5: Yeah. I think you had just, you hadn't even finished with the other, the bike company job yet. And I, and you were like, I'm starting this thing. And I was like, cool, I can help where I can, but I had like this other job as a
4: Uh, professional bike mechanic, (laughs) which is pretty cool.
5: So for the first year, so Rome kind of took off right when
4: we took we took
5: off. And so the first year we kind of played it a little light. We didn't want to just like jump 100% into everything. And so I would just like kind of fly out to events. Should be gone for months at a time. And then we'd be together for months at a time. Um, and that was, I guess, like the year 2017. when we started Rome Fest. And then we started Rome Fest. And then it was full time for both of us. And we have been putting
4: on women's mountain bike events, a number of them. We do three festivals now. We put on the Rome Rally demo tour, which is a 10, 10 stop tour around the country with our own fleet of bikes and gear and wheel sets and things like that. And it has been a wild ride for the last six years, but a ton of fun. And we're still married, More, most importantly.
2: <laughs> we survived the pandemic. We survived <laughs> owning a
5: business together.
4: We
2: got married down by a river. <laughs> Do you tandem yet?
1: <laughs> no, we're
2: <afraid>. we don't. <laughs> we're not interested in getting
4: divorced. So
1: With all the things like an event company during the pandemic and all these stressful events and a tandem would be what took you down. I think. I think it definitely would.
4: Although I think I'm, I'm bigger, so I'd be in front. So as long as I was driving, I think
2: we'd be okay. <laughs> if it was the other a little way. Little insight
5: into personalities
2: there. <laughs> Well, you got to know your personalities. That's how you stay married. Yeah, that helps. I am the type A (laughs) for sure. (laughs) And Ash, what's your background in, I'm sorry, Andy, what's your background in cycling?
5: I've been working as a bike mechanic since I was 20. Okay. And I'm 36. So for a bit. Um, And I also have a background in racing, uh, mainly mountain bike, but also cyclocross. But I've jumped into some road races and downhill. I just like to race. I don't really get to do it much anymore. But yeah, basically, yeah, mostly racing and mechanic. And And
4: now you are. I always have to uh, brag for her because she (laughs) won't brag for herself.
5: Um, Now I'm working for USA Cycling. They started the Olympic Development Academy a couple years ago. Um, I worked as a mechanic for their cyclocross team this last fall. And then now I'm working in as, a, as an assistant coach for the XC mountain bike team. It's athletes, junior, 17, 18 year old junior athletes, uh, and U23 age athletes.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's yeah, fun. I'm proud. <laughs>
5: In addition to doing Rome, so I'll be doing a lot of back and forth this year. That's what I was going
2: to ask. Does that mean
5: you're gone more? I am gone more, but I'm also there a lot too. And I get to kind of pick and choose. It's really actually perfect. I get to make sure I don't miss the Rome stuff. I don't want to miss them. And then I get to go kind of explore these other avenues as well. If you were wondering, we are never home. (laughs) <laughs>
1: except for right now, except for right now, <laughs> <laughs> at this moment, yeah,
4: yeah, you you caught us in our our very small window of being home in Grand Junction. Um, As I say, and home is in Grand Junction, right? Yep, Grand Junction, Colorado. We absolutely love it here. If we could figure out a way to be in multiple places at once, we would do it in a heartbeat. Wait, actually, it right, sucks. Figured kind of that
2: hard. out. You're in. My- <laughs> No, okay, yeah, I got it. I had to translate that mid-south. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, y'all were breaking the internet. So I think you deserve a it. Not- I didn't do much except cheer people on. And uh, I played uh, a, I played sous chef all weekend. Oh, that's real hard. Or, or chef all weekend. Like I chefed it up for our Airbnb. It was super fun. Like, nice. Taking a, that's a fun one. role. It, w- it was really fun. Like, I yeah. totally took a page out of Chef Chef Z. Xander Alt's playbook and just nice. Yeah. I was like, if you guys want, I'll make dinner and breakfast. And yeah, that's like one of the key components
4: of a successful event is making yeah. sure people aren't hungry because nobody has fun at events. If they're hungry ever, Nobody's, it's never Name fun an when event where somebody is hungry and they're having a good time. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's, hmm. it's very true. It it's is true. Yeah. For people planning your weddings, it holds true. <laughs>
1: Or if you want people to leave your event, yeah, <laughs> Don't yeah. Stop feeding them. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Sorry, beer's gone, food's out. Wow. Yeah, we have no more tacos. Time to go Guys home. Guys, ever
1: leaving? <laughs> music
4: I will literally kick people out. I'm like, I'm tired. You just you have did to that leave. On Friday. I just did yeah. it on
1: Friday. <laughs> just kicking people out. I can relate to that. I can yeah. relate to that. Okay, I have a lot of questions. First, Andy, what I love that you're a bike mechanic, and then you're working with all of these the youth, I know you're working as a coach, but do you feel like being a woman and having that platform, it really helps like those younger, that younger generation see like this is possible, or there are different paths that you can go. Cause I feel like a lot of times when you're in that youth phase, you're like, it's either this or this, I don't know. What's it been like working with youth and kind of having your background?
5: Yeah. I definitely hope that that is something that is happening. Um, being around these kids. I went to Belgium this this winter, uh, with a group of uh, young athletes again for the World Cup circuit of cyclocross races that goes on around Christmas every year, there and this one gal in particular, we were kind of talking about. we were asking them, okay, what's your favorite class? And she's like, I don't really like to read. My favorite class is this construction class that I get to take, and I was like, sweet, and so. <laughs> girls and well yeah I guess girls but also whatever kids everything especially kids like that who I see like you know maybe not fitting into the traditional mold of going to college right after high school which I did do but like definitely found my preferred path afterwards it's cool to be able to hopefully give them that picture of of just a different like you said a different avenue yeah yeah
1: Well, I love it when you're around women that really know the bike too, because it's just you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want to know that. It feels so empowering. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) I had a friend that she raced unbound. It was like her first bike race ever, and then she she got stuck because of some issue, like mechanical issue, and so she said. I'm gonna learn how to rebuild a bike because I never want that to happen again. So she did, she went on Twitter and she would take this old bike she had apart and she'd be like, does this need to be replaced Twitter? And she learned how to rebuild her bike on Twitter from people, oh, Cool. but now she feels really confident anywhere she is because she basically took the whole bike apart and rebuilt it. Yeah, I mean, it basically
5: shows you that everything is just like you unscrew it or you
1: hit, hit it out. <laughs>
5: You
4: literally, well, and it played in, it really, I think lent itself to our house when we bought our house and we, people come over and they're like, wow, like you guys did all these renovations, who did you pay? And we're like, nobody, we did it ourselves. And everyone's so shocked. And I think at the end of the day, the, the bike mechanic skills and the confidence to take things apart and put them back together really lends itself to so many different you know channels. It's not just about the bike. You, I mean, we feel pretty comfortable to a degree, you know, doing construction on the hat, yeah. like this beam behind us. We did. Yeah. And the same thing, we drive vehicles around the country. One of them's a school bus, like whole host of fun things that come with driving a school bus around. And It's been really, I think, useful to have that experience with the bike, Um, Andy. More so, I'm always like, "Here, Andy, get your wrench out." You're not too. Here we go. (laughs) But it really does translate, and I think we hear all the time from from folks that you know we'll just call like non traditional folks and like whatever the area or category is that you're talking about. And those that are successful often talk about either not seeing anybody like themselves and wanting to step into that role, or they saw somebody doing it that they could relate to and it inspired it to do it. So Andy won't talk about herself, but I will tell you that I think from my, my experience being around Andy and the people she influences, she's definitely being that trailblazer for, oh yeah you know, women in general, I think. And, and also just, I think just anybody that's around her sees how much fun she has doing it, the passion she has doing it. And the fact that she's been able to make a career out of it and that that is a pathway to, to having a career, you know?
2: So I love that. And I I love it when I learn something on this show, meaning I've done so many flip houses. I've never thought about applying that knowledge to my bike. Mm. Like, (laughs) It threads, it screws
4: in, it screws screws out, out. hammer it.
2: And sometimes you cut things and that's like construction.
4: (laughs) I mean, like, that's like bikes in construction. I mean, I'm (laughs) oversimplifying it, obviously,
2: (laughs) but well, I've always lacked the confidence when it comes to the bike stuff, repair stuff for some reason. I don't know if it comes from, it's been so easy to like hand it off to somebody, but really like it's, it's something that I need to know how to do. I think where I get stuck is like the fear of not getting to repeat it. That's how I learn. And so a lot of times when I learn a skill on a bike and then I don't use it for two years or whatever, then I'm like, oh shit, I used to know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. So at every event in the future,
1: we're going to sabotage Christy's bike.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> together. Multiple times a year you'll get repetition. It's
1: perfect. Good I don't know what happened to your bike, Christy. It was yeah. all these pieces. Looks like the same here. problem you had last I time. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: what's
4: I will say, like uh so when I was a, a demo driver, I mean I was responsible for taking care of a fleet of 20 bikes, like very different bikes, road bikes, gravel bikes, said cross bikes, mountain bikes. And what I, I would often do is I I had the I was lucky that I had multiples of the same bike. So when something broke or went wrong, or I had to disassemble something from one of the bikes, I could like look over and look at how it was supposed to look or fit together on the other bike. Um, But I think a a simpler version, instead of having multiples of the same bike, maybe just take photos before you take things apart. (laughs) That (laughs) That works too. But yeah, that was kind of my learning curve was just kind of like looking and just kind of trying to troubleshoot how things apart and went back
1: together and then asking for help when I got myself in a pickle. Nice on the
5: internet there's lots on the internet too that's
1: nice. You could buy I mean I hadn't put seal in my tires in a long time I was like wait what how do I unscrew this again like this part I was like it just found it on YouTube in like a minute and a half. (laughs) Okay well give us more of the scoop on Rome so it's a mountain bike festival and we do mm-hmm. have some people that ride gravel and mountain bikes. How did you, you said you came up with that concept from working demos and you said there's a better way to do it. Kind of take us, how did you create that? And then yeah. I'm curious, like, as I'm thinking about this gravel festival that we have coming up, I've really been thinking a lot about what's the culture we want to create from the very Absolutely. beginning and, and how do we want my people handshakes? to feel. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had this conversation <laughs> right before we started recording about ah! <laughs> never shake somebody's hands in a bike ride because if they put chamois better on right before
4: <laughs> you don't know where that hand's been <laughs> um yeah so uh, i have to give credit to the women's climbing festival as the the real point of of inspiration in terms mm-hmm. of you know i had been on the festival circuit for two years and I had a great time at the mount. like there's nothing wrong with any of the existing festivals or any of the festivals I've been to since like, they're all a great time. It's a bike party, but I, I took note of the women's climbing festival and how just instantly successful that event was and how much fun it looked like. And I kind of, it kind of took me back to growing up and going to sleepaway camp and just like spending the weekend with, you know, friends current friends, making new friends and just the magic that really happens when you get to spend an extended period of time with folks and then kind of further extrapolated on that with the fact that I was in the bike industry and just really observed the total lack of connection between the end consumer and the bike brands. And Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, there might, I think there's a better way to, to have these conversations not come through a thread, a Reddit thread, or a pink bike article comment or whatever, but rather give ladies the opportunity to talk to brands directly. And like, what better way to do that than to invite brands to bike events, um, to a big festival, invite a bunch of ladies there and give them an opportunity to have conversation and, and kind of build that community and have that feedback loop happen in, in real time in person. So some of the steps that we did for that, you know, creating that culture is in the ask from our brand partners we were really, really, really insistent that they at the very least have a female representative. And I was like, I don't care if she's the accountant at your office, like have a female that is representative of your brand that can have these candid conversations. Cause women, you know, especially in an intimidating scene, like mountain biking women often, you know, seek out other women to chat with and talk to and just inherently feel more comfortable. And so I knew as from being a female at a bike company that women were often more likely to come talk to me than my male counterparts. And I kind of saw that as an opportunity. So that was kind of one of the requests that we had for our partners and I have to give every partner we've ever worked with like massive kudos. They, they showed up in a big way and sometimes it was just bringing, like honestly, like the, we've had companies bring their receptionists because that was the only female at the time they had working at the company, or they would bring an ambassador, or they would bring you know a super fan from the bike shop. And what's been really neat is since 2017, that almost never happens anymore
2: because there's so many women. I love women. that. Sorry, yeah, I do not right? want to interrupt you, but at the same time, I'm like, that is so important. Is that we like it can't just be women on the bike. It's got to be mm. them. You know, the stuff that's happening behind the scenes and that request, that's a game changer, Ash. Totally. Well, and what's really neat is I think, and I don't want to take credit
4: because all these women who I think have come into the industry have obviously done so on their own accord with their own Mm -hmm. talent and skills and hustle but it has been a massive shift since that first festival in 2017 and our last festivals in 2021 that like we've had to tell them to like stop bringing so many women from there like we don't have enough space for all the women that work at your company to come like, like we've had to put like some parameters around it and you oh, know I yes. I just think it's so cool that in that short period of time. And I think that speaks to the industry as a whole and, you know, a, a massive movement that I, re- I think really that I have to give credit to the skills clinic scene like the Lindsay Richter's and the Candace Shadleys, of the world who, you know, recognize that there is this untapped market that wanted to get involved in bikes and build community and Um, elevate one another. And I think it kind of started in the clinic scene and has just slowly grown and grown into race events and festivals and retreats and things like that. And I think the companies recognize that it's, you know, if you want diversity in your end consumer, you've got to have diversity in the office where everything starts. And they've been doing, I think they've been doing a pretty commendable job at that. I mean, it could always get better, but yeah. you know, well, progress is not slow, so it's not
2: going to happen. Yeah. You know, we don't get to snap our fingers and have it. Yeah.
4: And we get asked all the time. And that's another really cool position to be in is that companies reach out to us almost every time they have a position pop up in their, you know, in-house, um, something's going up on their like jobs and career page, they'll, they'll often <laughs> you raising your hand. Like, hey well, we I have. reached out to you. I was like, yeah,
2: We need a yeah. female bike manager.
4: <laughs> totally. <laughs> Folks reach out to us all the time. And, and yeah, it's just, we, we feel very privileged to be in a position to have that kind of influence and, and we hope we're using it for good.
1: I think so. I love all that. I mean, what's cool is. So we're starting, obviously, this festival in 2022. I've found so many like badass women who can come and lead. And it's been interesting. And it just even the difference in normalizing conversations... You know Walmart has just come out on as one of our big sponsors, and I was meeting with and He's probably in his late 50s, early 60s year old man. I was like, Well, I would like tampons at the Walmart booth, and it was just a normal convert. Like, he didn't blink, I didn't blink. It was just a normal conversation. I was like, Where it's a women's festival, yeah, I would like tampons. I would like Walmart we, to tampons, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have them too. And we get that's like the number one thing that gets put in our surveys is people are like
4: you guys have like a little bathroom your toilets are so clean so this is like literally if I could pinpoint one thing that people give us the most kudos for it's that our porta potties are always super clean and we have these little kits inside of each one full of tampons and like wet wipes to to clean the toilet lids and little trash bins in there and we learned the hard way that we need to put antibacterial wet wipes <laughs> in them, like Hoo hoo cleaning wet wipes because some people do it. Yeah, yeah. That was like our our learning curve.
1: I'm I'm with you. That would be (laughs) those
4: are. But like those are the those are the small touches that when you talk about you know successful events and specifically for women, it's like those are the small touches. I mean, something as simple as having tampons, right? Like. <laughs> it, that definitely does not happen at other. Well, I've forgotten you know. about
2: tampons, but that's <laughs> that's a whole other story. That's a whole other podcast. Don't worry, Christy. Me. We're also
1: gonna have vaginal lube.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just oh, gotta I mean, you know, we love <laughs> really the 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 reality is the normalization is happening. Totally that is, it doesn't make my kids uncomfortable. My son's not uncomfortable hearing it. Right. Whereas, you know, my husband would have been uncomfortable hearing that, like yeah, it has, it, it, at my son's age, which totally. is all just a matter of normalization. There shouldn't be any reason that it should be an uncomfortable conversation. Right. But, you know, just as we kind of grow through life and get better and start recognizing that women are literally 50 some percent of the population. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just You're not a big used to it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. And I think, and I have to say, I think like weirdly, very recently, I've kind of noticed the shift that brands are putting the math together that, like, yeah, we're 50% of the population, but we're a vast majority of the untapped end consumer. And it's like, you can market all day long to the same user group that you've been marketing to for 30 years,
2: but like, hello. <laughs> Talk we also have most of the buying power, which is like I've never right. figured the math out. I'm like, yeah, how are these CEOs not realizing that A plus B literally equals C, and they just yeah. can't figure out that equation?
1: Yeah, um, it is that I, five years ago I worked at a, a bike shop, and it was one of it was actually an online retailer with Triathlon. It was one of the big three online retailers for Triathlon, and I would go to brands all the time. They would send me, you know, marketing material. And it would be, you know, if there were 30 images, 20 would be of men. And the 10 that were of women were of super thin white women mm. that mm-hmm. didn't necessarily reflect our customers. And I always get so Like I would have this conversation with brands over and over again, when they would say, what do you need? I would say different images of women. Yeah. Or it would be a man, two men and a woman riding their bike up a mountain right. together would right. be the the image yeah. that I would find of a woman. So I think you're right. Like something has shifted and they cuz I would say that then too. You're missing so much of the market. And I mm-hmm. I think they figured it out. They they're getting yeah and it's <laughs> and it's so
4: cool to see. Like I'll use this example. It's really cool to see the the big free ride events getting really popular and seeing the progression of women in cycling. And we have this little story that we tell about uh, a friend of ours. Who's this insanely accomplished free rider. I mean, she can hit like 40 foot gap jumps, throw a whip with the best of them. And she got put in this like video launch for a cyclocross bike where in the whole video, she, her tires don't leave the ground once and she's wicked fast. So like, yeah, I guess the, the point was made like the spike is really fast, but they, I was just like, I don't understand you, you did a launch of the same exact bike with a male rider doing like three sixties and jumping on this like cross-country bike to show how fun and playful the bike is. And then you did your launch of the same exact bike, but with women on it. And you took a, a female rider who actually was capable of doing some really cool stuff and you had her like riding real fast around a berm. And I I just let them have it and uh, they've changed their ways, which has been really nice, (laughs) but it's just like, even that I'm like, you guys have the talent. I mean, the, you know, the normal excuses, you know, well, we don't have anybody that can ride like that. I'm like, well, yeah, you did. You just chose to. I do not know. use it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, and it is changing and I don't, I don't mean to go, I'm going to get off my soapbox, but
2: <laughs> it is I'm going to put you back on it here in a second. I'm <laughs> about... Yeah. Well, um, but it is changing. Yeah.
1: There's lots of opportunities. We like to use the phrase calling people in instead of calling them out mm. because I think people That's are, great. they're not doing things often on purpose. They just aren't thinking about it. And when, mm-hmm. and this, this culture that's gotten created on social media of like calling, just calling people out, and instead of having conversations and assuming, assuming the best to start and starting with a conversation, and that, like sometimes people should be called out. Like this whole NCAA shit that happened a few years ago with the men and women oh, with the weight that room? should have been called yeah. out, right? Right? Like that. There was no other response to that. It yeah, <laughs> was pretty nice. obvious. A lot of times, the first conversation I think is to call people in yeah. uh, to that that conversation awesome. first. So.
2: Well, and if you know, I, I mean, at Mid-South, they missed Apollo coming across in the non-binary category. Mm-hmm. And Susan from Grounded, and he came up to me and she said, I think they missed Apollo. What should we do? And I was like, well, let's, you know, go up and ask Ben the timer and make sure that that was Apollo. Because, you know, they they come Yeah, it's like a gajillion folks yeah. coming across. Um, and, and everybody then starts to it look was, the same in a helmet. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> if it was, just have Bobby call him back in. There's no... Yeah. The the effort is being made. It's just this mistake, and like the last thing you need to do is blow somebody up for making a mistake when their efforts yeah. are a hundred percent in the direction of right. You know, I, yeah, and I love
4: the point. I love that phrase. I don't know that I've heard that, that yeah. calling in. I think that's that's a great wow. way to frame <laughs> that or uh-huh. reframe that
1: idea. On a funny note, at the finish line, at midsole, because Celine and I were watching the coverage and the men and the women, and all of a sudden the cover like such good coverage, and then it just. <laughs> Here's what I think happens. Either everything is jammed at the finish line and they can't get any photos to upload or somebody's phone died and they're like, we've got to authorize the password on somebody else's phone. Is he taking it to like the Instagram account to authorize <laughs> one of those two things happened because I've been in that situation where I'm doing live coverage and all of a sudden your phone's just dead because you you're know, like, Oh, no. you're like, why did my phone so turn off? <laughs> and then the next person says, Oh, I've got to get the password to authorize on my Instagram account. We've had really that funny. happen with, with a, a
4: keynote before and somebody's phone going into lockdown and then,
1: Oh, that didn't happen to us with Myrna. Every, did it? Every,
4: Christy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: best laid plans
4: best laid plans I mean those details yeah it's nice to
5: know it happens to everybody
2: (laughs) of course it happens to everybody it's like human it's human nature but I you know I'm just like that's when it happened with us with Myrna I was like so freaked out and Catherine's like it's fine
1: like it happens I mean I was putting
2: my phone in like an ice bucket but whatever (laughs) it Out there. <laughs> so what? What all? I I obviously follow you ladies on Instagram, and I've really been enjoying your post pointing out your team members. Mm. Uh, thought it we was to give
4: for, kudos to our team member for pointing out our team members. We hired Ariel Cazenas as our social media manager, and she is this. I mean, you can tell there's a very clear delineation of when I was doing the social media and when Ariel took over. And she is just, she's got a way with she's words. Got with it. She's a wordsmith and she is so pure of heart. And it, I think it really comes across in the way that she writes. And she's been my, the only person we've brought on board that I pr- really just said, like, please just be yourself. Don't ask me any questions because I just want you to, you like, you're
5: perfect. Like <laughs> just the way you are.
4: Well, and yeah. she's been
5: with Rome in some capacity since almost the beginning. So she's
4: She knows. knows. She's 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 part of the family. Yeah, she's She's part of the the family.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's a cool. It's a cool concept, right? Like Mm -hmm. sharing, sharing about the, the behind the scenes, the folks that make this whole thing happen, because it's so much bigger than the two of us. I mean, so much bigger. I was trying to calculate the other day, and I'm like, I think we have like upwards of fifty paid positions throughout the year that folks kind of like fifty different women. and help us um it's actually really side note tangent uh we showed up at an event and we were a production team and we had to move like a bunch of things and there was like all these guys standing around and our Kayla Lures, who's one of our assistant directors, is like, All right, strong bitches, follow me. And like our whole team just like trips over to move. And like these guys just j- jaws dropped. They're like, Did she just really say strong bitches? I like, need some strong
5: bitches. Are you a strong bitch? Follow me. I'm a bitch and it, it's like
4: refreshing, right? It's pretty cool that. But- I, I don't know that I realize in real time all the time, how unique and how cool it is that we have this team of women in this, you know, super, 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 I mean, I mean, we're talking outdoor event spaces is male dominated. You get into, and then you start getting into the minutia of events. And, and I mean, you, you both are in this category too, of like, there, there are not a lot of event producers that are women and there are definitely not a lot of production teams where the people like moving the fencing and setting up the stage are women yeah so it's pretty cool to be in that position too
2: i have enjoyed being the the boss ass bitch that tells them where to put the fence right yeah. that's yeah. me like, i don't want to move that you do it <laughs>
1: like i'm too old to move that shit anymore
2: i played that card way too much lately tim tim was like you need to start lifting weights because you've stopped doing that stuff and now you can't carry the groceries in because you're losing your muscle mass. That's, right. hilarious. that's
1: hilarious.
4: Um, <laughs> yeah, but to to bring it back around to our spotlight, Um, so we've got a couple different features that are going to be popping into the the socials this year. One of them being the Romy Homie Spotlight. So that's really just a focus on the core team and then a few folks who have just been, you know, a part of the family um, right. for lack of a better description. I mean, that is the better description. The description. they yeah. they're our family, um, and a lot of them started. Like we met them because they came to one of our events and we just hit it off and connected and they've stuck around in some capacity, whether it's super fans or friends like Debbie Phelps, how old is Debbie? She doesn't care that we, we asked her, is it okay, okay that we tell to people Antarctica.
5: how old
4: to celebrate her 74th? That's amazing. And yeah. she's like our like Nana mom. Like we don't really know how to categorize her, but we just like, we love her dearly. She calls us every couple we, weeks. We talk to her all the time. And it's just like one of those magical relationships. That if we hadn't been doing Rome, I don't know that we would have come. You would have met her. Be. Yeah. So she'll be coming through the, the spotlight feature here pretty soon. Yeah. And then we're doing a few spotlights. We have a, a trailblazers series that we're going to be focusing on female mechanics and trail advocacy folks and people who are actually building trail and then the spotlight feature that we're trying to use our platform to elevate other other women doing and and not just women but just folks doing really awesome things in their communities to build a more diverse and a more non-traditional you know group of folks out enjoying recreation and, and specifically mountain bike
1: love it yeah well, when we had a chance to chat, we were, I think we were chatting, me, you and Amy, Ash about Bentonville and because mm. you're gonna be there the same weekend. And you had said that you all really worked in the last couple of years to improve your the diversity at your event. And, mm-hmm. and so what was that process like? You know, because sometimes I think we we get to the women, we're like, we got the women. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you start to think through, and that's one thing we've been thinking through as well, is like how do we create a culture of diversity from the very beginning, being a new yeah. event with limited resources? so so, what kind of led you all on that journey and and what are some things you've learned?
4: Yeah, I've learned
1: that it is hard
4: <laughs> because it's change, and any change is is hard. And we kind of were so I think in the first few years, we were just, in cockroach mode of just trying to keep mm-hmm. the events afloat that we weren't necessarily in a position to really focus on, like if we were to narrow down the scope of like different facets of like who, who are women, like who are the different folks that make up women? They're obviously women of color, they're indigenous women, they're female identifying folks, they're trans women. And for the a number of years, you know, as a small team running with super limited resources, we just didn't have a lot of bandwidth to do much more. And we were really lucky that after the pandemic hit, we kind of had a breathing year. We got to do what you're kind of talking about, like starting fresh, starting new, had kind of a lucky break in a cold call from Alyssa gonzalez who's now our dei coordinator and this is really funny i never pick up i screen my calls like crazy and often if people leave voicemails i don't even ever like it's just if you don't catch me like very unusual for me to ever actually get back to cold calls and for whatever reason i got this little nagging, you know buzz that i should pick up the phone and this woman introduced herself as a woman of color who was really interested in seeing you know more diversity in the outdoor and specifically in mountain biking and she was just kind of calling to ask me like what we were doing to create a more inclusive space and I really didn't have an answer for her and so we um, basically set up a a consultation where Alyssa was fairly new to diversity work um, as like an actual role as a, a kind of a mediation consulting role. We were clearly new to the game because it was never anything we had done with much intention. And we had this series of conversations over the summer of 2021. That was last summer. Oh my gosh. It feels like Ages ago. <laughs> I can't believe that was just last summer, but we had a series of phone calls where she just basically gave us her honest feedback as a person new to writing and as a woman of color and how her perception of, of Rome as a whole, but our events, the way, the language that we use. And we just got like, she, had, it was like no holds barred. Like she just let us know. She did, it, she did not sugarcoat a dang thing. And it was extremely challenging for me to receive that because Andy and I have like literally sacrificed our entire everything for years to create this space in such a selfless way. And it's something we feel very honored and privileged to be able to do. But like the reality is like, you know, we are always, we are still just getting by. And we have always, we have always been in cockroach mode for the last six years, pouring every penny that we have and every spare minute that we have into this company. So for somebody to come to us and say, yeah you guys are pretty elitist and you're not very welcoming and you're not this that and the other it was really hard to hear it was really hard to hear and then I kind of thought about how brave it was of Alyssa to like cold call outreach and then take that step of telling a company owner of the world's largest women's mountain bike festival your festival is not very welcoming or inclusive and it's kind of elitist and I'm of the belief that like people don't say things unless they're true like that's their truth and that was Alice's truth and if i actually cared about women of color and marginalized and historically non-traditional writers that Alyssa was a perception of their truth that like I had a lot to learn and some, some changes to make. So yeah, through those conversations, we kind of took a big list of like, here's some things that we can change. And we just started chipping away at that list. And there were some really easy things like the language that we used. And then there were some things that were a little bit harder and a bit more of a sacrifice in that first year, because we didn't have, we didn't have any of this planned kind of, I talk about having the cart before the horse. So it was like, okay, we We clearly have a lot of work to do. One of the things that we put together is our 20% pledge. So holding 20% of our registration space. And that was something that in scholarship, in addition to hiring us as a coordinator, in addition to paying out consulting fees for some of our friends who work in advocacy, who were having conversations with us on how we can create a more welcoming space for trans women, a more welcoming space for para athletes, a more welcoming space for all these folks. We're big believers that free gets old fucking fast. And so we invested in those conversations and we invested in taking the time to grow our team so that we could actually have the bandwidth to implement the changes. And it was extremely hard. I've never worked so hard. I think last fall, I don't even know how many hours I was working in a week. I lost count. It was, it was extremely exhausting. It was expensive. And if we could go do it over again, a hundred more times I would, because the end result, what, I mean, like I, let me get choked up just like talking about how amazing it was to look out at our festival and like you know, people talk diversity, equity, inclusion. They say those words all the time. They check, they try to check the boxes all the time, but to be able to actually look out at an event is my event that we Mm -hmm. have spent our whole lives putting, you know, we put our whole lives into this last six years and to be able to actually just look up from the stage, you know, during like the the raffle or the film screening and where before I just saw a sea of middle-aged white women, (laughs) there is a sea of everybody. You know, there's like younger women, older women, trans women, um, like tons of women of color. And I think that I have to give kudos to, you know, a few community leaders who worked with us on having those hard conversations, Alyssa Gonzalez being one of them. And I think
2: helping us build that trust was huge. That was a big learning curve. Do you think, trust. Like, and this is, this is a, this just kind of came up as you were talking about this so, philo- philosophical question. Mm. because I mean you and I've had a few conversations around this and I'm just you know this is I just want to see this happen like across not just the bike industry but the freaking world you know and knowing Mm. that like the the you just get to kind of impact the corners that you're in and hopefully those corners get bigger and bigger and bigger and spread do you think it's I don't want to say easier because I know that work is so hard but maybe it's it's more easily accepted when it's an audience of women, mm. because I mean, I, I'm like, I hope I'm so, I mean, that's, I'm yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way, like, as you're talking about this, because I think about some of the the hurdles I feel, because mm. I'm definitely in a space where it's not where I'm, I'm not catering to just women, although that's the the piece that I'm probably the most passionate about, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that I, and I think the fact that we
4: as queer women yeah. also kind of have this perspective in this, this like automatic trust i think mm-hmm. in the broader sense of like as women other women trust us as queer women other queer women trust us and then as like a othered population other populations who feel othered kind of go okay like you get a little street cred i think i think you get a little street cred just simply by being another woman i think anytime you have you know, you fit into a category of non-traditional, you know, whatever, you get some cred with those groups automatically by just the fact that you have shared lived, the assumption, right, is that you have shared lived experiences. Right. So I do think maybe not the same, but not the same, but you know, uh, you know, parallel. Absolutely. So I do think that we are lucky in that we are trying to rock the boat mm-hmm. on a, on a I lake that's ready to be rocked. Terrible enough. We're still
2: pretty white and privileged, but well, but we're yeah. trying to, yeah. I mean, most cyclists are privileged. I mean, being a cyclist is a privilege. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's how we fix that. It's a, it's a, it's big, but you definitely have to have the conversations and, and extend the invitations and try to figure it out. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and what's been, so, uh,
4: just kind of a, a learning curve that I would love to share with people that was a pretty big surprise. And I think a lot of people get stuck on this is that they put together, you know, inclusion and equity initiatives and they just kind of like <laughs> put them out on their website or they, they put them in their registration page and then they sit there when, you know, at the start line or at the event and they're like, well, where are all these people? Yeah. You know, like we, we, we had a, a, whatever, a, a BIPOC scholarship, we had a, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and what we learned really quickly is, and and I have to give Molly Cameron credit mm-hmm. who gave B Apple credit. Um, and I don't know where <laughs> B maybe got it from, but the, the phrase was relationships move at the speed of trust. And as white women, Like, yeah, of course, like black women aren't going to trust us when we're saying like, Hey, we're holding the space for you at our mountain bike event. You know, we don't have any, any lived shared lived experience with you. Like there's no reason really for you to trust that when I say that you're going to be safe here and you're going to be welcome here and you're going to feel included. I don't have a lot of clout with that population Mm -hmm. because we don't have a lot in, in, in common. And so what we found was really effective. And again, we're, We feel really lucky that we have, we've worked really hard for this network and we really took a deep dive in our network, found the folks who do have trust in those populations um, and then set those folks up for success in and basically giving a personalized invite and kind of using them as our, our trust, like, hey, like this person is giving us the green light and by default, you know, other folks who maybe feel like they can relate to, you know, these people, that was really successful for us. It's really interesting. And like, once you kind of get one on board, the floodgates open to a large mm-hmm. extent and yeah we've seen that with trans women and we've always had trans women at our events from the get-go but we've been like very vocal now about having them they're welcome and we have we've been able to we've been in a position to elevate some really amazing trans advocates in the cycling world and it's like all of a sudden we're just having like a super queer party and it's so great (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're like we're queer we're like we might need to make a t-shirt there's like so many of us here
1: (laughs) yeah and the same thing you know we we were I, I pictured I, the t-shirt in my head
2: <laughs> I we're, we're, we're here <laughs> yeah i was like can um, i wear one even
1: though
4: i'm
2: not super queer <laughs> yeah well, and i think
4: and i think where we got it right is we didn't just ask you know we didn't just say right. hey claudia jackson who's an amazing indigenous woman doing incredible things on the navajo reservation we didn't just say like hey claudia can you come to our event It was, hey, Claudia, would you like to come to our event? Can we help offset your travel expenses? Can we pay you to be a part of this? Can we Mm -hmm. pay you for your time? We understand that often these people who have a sphere of influence are often the ones who are doing a ton of work and they're not getting paid for it. So to ask them to put one more thing under your plate to benefit us as a Mm for-profit business just... You know, we got called out on that really quick and we realized really quickly that if you want to diversify and create equity within your event, you have to, that has to start from the way that you do business. So we've got last year, a little bit cart before the horse. We weren't, really didn't have the budget in place to do that as robustly as we wanted to. This year, every single time I have had a conversation with a person about how do we make this event more inclusive um, and basically having a consultation with these folks, like we, we pay them and it's a set fee, like it's, it's $20 an hour because we don't have millions. And, it, and I think half of it is, is just the, the intention of like, we value your time and we value your input and we value your trust that the rest of your community has in you. And that by being associated with you, we're extending that trust and that invite and that has value. So we pay for it as we should.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's been
4: really successful for us.
1: I love all that. And I also love like being real upfront of it takes time to get there. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, like typically events don't make money for the first three years. We're fortunate. Mm -hmm. We're probably going to make a little money this year, but fortunately because Christy and I have had so many great, conversations on the podcast, I basically went to everybody in our network and just like begged. And you know, we had a, a couple of very generous uh, sponsors that came in from the mm-hmm. get-go. I asked from the very front, can you help us fund these scholarships? And fortunately we had some that came in that we were able to fully fund. Everybody that applied for a scholarship. Yeah, but it, it, it's it been an interesting process, just figuring all the pieces out and even the conversations and, and how you created them, like a, a great environment for people within the festival. Um, mm-hmm. Even, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about creating conversations around the idea of belonging, because I think sometimes people are like, oh, I'm over... I've heard like 28,000 DEI presentations at this point from everybody and, but everybody understands what it feels like to not belong at some point. Right. Really? So if you Absolutely. can like take it to that heart level of like, I may not be able to understand your life experience, but yes, I felt left out mm-hmm. at some point. And I hear how much more you've been left out because of the color of your skin or because of the way your body looks. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me, actually gets me teary when I think about that. Yeah. Right. like understanding what it means to belong and how important that is. Absolutely. And I think something that is unique
4: in a a lot of ways to gravel. And I think is unique to the intention we've put behind our events is that there isn't necessarily that pressure to perform. It is about, I mean, gravel at its core, in my understanding, and I'm not super well-versed, but I mean, we, we help put on a big gravel event. Um, and when I'm there, I'm just like, Wow, this is this looks like a ton of fun. And you go talk to the average rider, and they're not racing; they're they're riding in the event, and they're there to have a good time, to you know, meet a goal, to build community, to network. And I think that's something that really lends that is unique to what we do as at Rome. Mm -hmm. And I think what the gravel scene is really about is like we're all really at at its core there just to have fun, to have a bike party. And so yeah, I think it lends that lends itself to being more inclusive, inherently inclusive and welcoming because it's not like the egos get checked at the door to a large extent at our event. there just like really is no ego because (laughs) it literally is a bike party the whole day. There's not timing or starts or finishes or anything. Yeah. And so I think we're really well positioned to start that, that work and be successful in it. And hopefully for those successes to, to grow into other areas of the outdoors.
2: Well, we probably should have booked this for two podcasts because this is,
1: I know, I know. I've know. Okay. i
2: got two things. Oh, sorry. Okay. You just... Nope. You but, go for it. I like of your, of your, <laughs> of your parties that you've got coming up, we've got, you know, a lot of these women that are on this are obviously gravel riders that are listening mm. to this. So which festival is the right one for your, Hey, I want to try out some mountain biking lady. Yeah. So if you have just got into writing
4: or you haven't been mountain biking yet, we're going to tell you, go get a clinic, go start writing, go get some experience under your belt because our events are a little less handholdy. And it's kind of like, we, we use this language. It's like, you're a bunch of grown ass women. And I expect you to be able to take care of yourself because I don't have time to take care of all 300 of you. And so by default you know a we want everyone to be set up for success but also we don't have the bandwidth to cater to an absolute beginner rider all the way up to the experienced rider and in fact our target demographic is is experienced riders and women who are comfortable on a bike you know they don't have to be experts by any means but comfortable braking comfortable standing up able to go take themselves out on a two-hour ride or join a group ride and be comfortable in that scenario um so to the absolute beginners i would say go get, go take a skills clinic. Cause we're massive fans and we think everybody should, I, we sign up, we can, Andy and I continue. Yeah. We continue to sign up to, for coaching and clinics. Um, and then once you are a little bit more comfortable on the bike and on trails, the kind of hierarchy of challenging terrain is Knoxville is definitely our friendliest event site in terms of there are trails for everybody, including paracyclists. So um, and Knoxville is also e-bike friendly. And we, we chose that location because we really wanted That's to awesome. yeah. kind of just broaden the, the type of rider that could come or the, the, the way that people want to show up at our events. Right. I e-bike, we e-bike all the time. So I don't want to put any like parameters on what an e-biker is, but Knoxville is definitely the more low-key event site. Once you come out to Fruita, Colorado, uh, we definitely have some low-key flow trails You know Strider bike friendly trails, but not very many of them. And then the trails get pretty spicy out here. And then Sedona, we actually have a pretty firm line that you have to be an intermediate plus rider to come out to Sedona because we're just we're there to shred. And
5: the terrain there,
4: the terrain there, is really challenging and it's for
5: shredding.
1: Um, Potentially your skin. Yeah, (laughs) potentially, something. We try to avoid that. It's a place you'll never see me. (laughs) I will come volunteer to watch your festival. Yeah, and and that um (laughs) that choice
4: actually came from a statistic that I did a ton of research, and the the vast majority to still to this day, this research was back in the day, six years ago, back in the day, (laughs) that like ninety plus percent of women specific mountain bike events are only races or skills clinics or have some sort of coaching something wrapped in. And then the other 9% are basically like yoga retreats that have mountain biking included in them. And then there's like this 1% of events that are really just a bunch of ladies getting together to party and ride bikes and not race and not get coached and not do yoga. And that's Rome Fest. Like we're the, only, we're, and I'm, I actually, I, I would love anybody listening to this who wants to put on, bike festivals that are purely there for ladies to just go get rad on bikes, please do it because we need more of them. Um, Mm -hmm. I have, you know, all ships rise. I have no ego about it. We hear about new events popping up and we get ecstatic. Right. I'm like, Ooh, call me. I would love to tell you all the mistakes we made. (laughs) So this is easier for you because there, there is a lack of space for, for, particularly for female mountain bikers to just go ride bikes together without the pressure of coaching or clinics or racing. Um, and that's what we're all about.
2: Right. I had one last question. Do you Please. still name your
4: bikes?
5: Yeah. Yes. Our demo, our demo for yeah. You. Yeah. yeah. We're still working on this year's names, but um, we've got, I think our theme this year is real women. In the past it's been like, like fictional characters. Like um,
4: badass. Badass has always been sorry, yeah, badass. the parameter female
5: characters. And then this year we're doing like Sally ride, just as an example,
4: it's kind of the yeah, really like cool So we're up for suggestions. Cause we haven't yeah. actually named the fleet yet. Oh um,
1: man. Well, maybe yeah, people can go for... like comment on this podcast post. We, and yeah. Talk and talk we, we, we need the
2: post it. on that. So we know who, like how you, cause I've, I'm always curious. I remember when you guys started doing that, I was like, that's really fun. I, yeah. And yeah. And we want to know kinda, what the bike names are
4: and we do kind of curate it to the bike. Right. So like we yeah. have like Brianna Tarth was our biggest like burliest bike in our fleet. It was like this huge.
5: If you're a Game of Thrones fan. She's like this, this tall s- blonde woman, six who six
4: foot that, whatever that could
2: kill a giant.
4: Yeah. Yes, Brianna <laughs> yes. yeah.
5: And so we—that's what we
4: named like our big burly bike. Yeah, and then we had like Eleven, which was like the little girl from Stranger Things who yes. had like superpowers. That was like our extra small, hot pink bike <laughs> that looked like it had superpowers. <laughs> so we, it. yeah, it's kind of fun. The bikes have personalities, and we try to, you know, align that with a cool name.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm re- I'm requesting a post. On okay. Yeah. When you get there,
5: we'll tell or, Ariel or,
2: or 11 to, hour to hour. remind
1: us to tell her what the bike names are. Yeah. <laughs> and then, if people are interested in your one-day events, what are those like? Are those just demos? Do you do any skills at those? Like, what do they? Yeah. They do? What do you tell them about the? Rome Rally uh, yeah. Are?
5: So it's called the Rome Rally Demo Tour, presented by Specialized. Uh, we have a fleet of Stump Jumpers and Stump Jumper EVOS, and a few enduro's e-bikes, e-bikes. yeah yeah we're gonna do some e-bike focused ones and yeah it's just a one day demo event basically we meet up we go for a ride provide lunch and beers uh beers uh and and then we do a really awesome um tech talk in the afternoon you know while we're all eating pizza or barbecue or whatever we're eating um in the past, we've split up the tech talk. They're not a huge event. It's like 10 to 15, maybe as high as 20 this year people, but we'll split it up between like people who kind of already know some stuff about bike maintenance and mechanics to like people who don't the know. people who have no, I just want like the basics Yeah. and yeah. And then we all know high fives and uh, hugs, not handshakes, <laughs> same rules
4: apply. And we'll be going to 10 stops around the country. So,
5: and some of those stops will potentially have more than my phone is in here. More than <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> we might potentially do more than one day at each stop. Uh, let me days. know
1: if you need a chef
2: at one of them. Okay. i am chef right. it up for you. Okay.
1: Well, they are, Sweet. they are going to be in Bentonville, but you can't be a chef that day. because I, I won't you're, be able to do it. You're on a there. ride that day. <laughs> You'll be a little they're, busy. But they're <laughs> in Bentonville. But I think we're, we're, y'all are maybe going to be at our opening party and hanging out a little bit on Friday. Yeah. Heck yeah, us. it's on the calendar. So. We're gonna be there. Uh, So if you all want to meet Ash and Andy and hear more about their events, and maybe if you have any bike issues, we know a mechanic. (laughs) We know a mechanic. (laughs) Uh, We might also be riding some single track, so we'll send you send you you ladies off with uh, Celine on some single track.
2: Oh heck yeah. A bike that's a, that's a shred fest right there. That yeah, is. I'm glad I anything with anything bike. with Celine is a party on bikes.
1: <laughs> Christy was you. like, I'm not doing that session. Like I I not need <laughs> help with that session when we were doing our our call about the skills clinic.
2: Well, I'm like, it would it would just be a highlight of my lack of skills there. Like I would <laughs> I do it but I like people would, I, I'd be like, okay, those of you that don't want to learn how, <laughs> come follow me. <laughs> these are all the don'ts
4: (laughs) which hey that's sometimes that's an important way to learn too it can
1: be learning what not to do learn what not to do we're so we
4: have to say y'all we are so excited for this festival and for women in gravel to have a place to go hang out see like in Bentonville is just so much fun and we're just kind of tickled that the stars aligned and that we get to be a part of it so
1: yeah yeah Plus I haven't hugged you ladies for
2: like three years, maybe Maybe like big hugs, maybe a double hug, (laughs) double hug. And then no handshakes. (laughs) handshakes. (laughs) Okay. Before
1: we, before we, uh, virtual hug, where can people follow you on the socials or find out more information about your events? Uh, so we streamlined all those things.
4: So when you're looking for things, you look for, this is Rome and it's R O A M. Like roaming around, um, so on Instagram we're at This Is Rome. Our website is ThisIsRome.com. Facebook, Facebook backslash This Is Rome. So yeah, if you just look This Is Rome, you'll find us. Awesome. Perfect.
1: Well, we will see you in just a few weeks in Bentonville. I can't wait.
4: Absolutely. Thanks, ladies, for having us.
5: We can't wait to see you.
1: No matter what adventure you're dreaming of, you understand what it means to push harder, reach further, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com forward slash feisty.